Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. And of course, you can listen on the iHeartRadio app and take us with you anywhere you go. And it is a pleasure to welcome to the show Courtney Montour. And she's here to talk about a film that she has completed. And it is uh, making its world premiere at Hot Docs. So you can see that right now up until May 9th. If you go onto the Hot Docs film website, you can find out about how, how to get tickets. And perhaps Courtney can tell you a little bit about that as well as we get into the conversation. But if you're not familiar with the film that she has done, which is called Mary Two Acts Early, I Am Indian Again, it is a powerful story about Mary Two Axerly, and she is a Mohawk woman who fought for more than two decades to challenge sex discrimination against First Nations women embedded in Canada's Indian Act and became a key figure in Canada's women's rights movements. So it is a pleasure to have Courtney, the filmmaker, Montour, on the show with us here today to talk about the film and also to talk about uh, perhaps a little bit of uh, something that is going to be happening on May 6th at 5 p.m., uh, I guess after the film has been shown. And Mary, uh, uh, Courtney, you can tell us a little bit more about that at 5 p.m. Eastern Time because they're going to have a Q&A. And uh, it's a, you can actually get, uh, I think, free tickets to see this uh, virtual Q&A with filmmaker Courtney Montour, as well as special guest Dr. Pamela Palmiter. Uh, she's a Megabound lawyer and professor. I see her all over socials as well. She's a very strong advocate for First Nations people and rights. So, Courtney, welcome to the show. Sego and welcome. Yeah, and you for having me, David. It's my pleasure. Did I get most of that information right about what's going on for Thursday? Yeah, yeah, you definitely did. Um, yeah, that, that's one big thing. If if, if for some reason um, you aren't able to make it to the Hot Docs virtual festival to check out the movie um, before May 9th, there is this free Q&A session on Thursday, May 6th at 5 p.m. Eastern. And it'll be a chance for where I will be there with, with Pamela Palmater. Mm-hmm. And she's a Mi'kmaq lawyer. So yep. she has, you know, lots of information in terms of legal and and historical and, and ongoing consequences of of these laws and these injustices that are still going on. So um, yeah, for sure, tune into that free Q&A on Thursday, May 6th, and you can RSVP on the Hot Docs website for that. Cool. And uh, what a strong advocate for you to have with you in uh, Dr. Pamela Palmer on that show with you. That's great. Yes. Yeah, it's amazing. So your film, Mary Two Acts Early, I Am Indian Again, this documentary about Mary, she was instrumental in uh, in getting the Indian Act change, as we see in this film, which is a combination of live footage from the time when she was making presentations and going about doing things, but also about these wonderful reel-to-reel tapes that you have accessed and... Uh, we hear about we hear some of the, the the conversation and interviews that she did at the time, because when are when are we going back to what time? When did she start doing this? Uh, I mean, she started fighting for the rights of First Nations women um, around 1968. Yeah, 1968. So we're going back to that's hence why we have the reel to reels, and it's wonderful to hear some of those conversations. Um, and she's from Ganawagi, and I understand you are also from Ganawagi. Yes, yes, I am. And that's why it's so important to me um, to bring 
Mary's story to film. It's the first movie that's ever been made on Mary. And, you know, she's from Gunawage. I'm from Gunawage. I've always grown up knowing her name. And there's sometimes, you know, information in chapters and books and um, her name will be mentioned somewhere, but there's just not enough out there mm. about Mary Tuax early and about these First Nations women who, you know, changed the law, who challenged Canada, who took on this country for two decades to yeah. fight for rights for First Nations women. Um, their stories and their names need to be known. They sure do. So it's wonderful that you uh, brought this film together and, and put it together to honor her. And it's interesting, though, I noticed that you, you said you grew up not far from her in Ganawage, and yet you never met her. Mm-hmm. Yes, and it, it it's one of those things, you know, looking back, especially after spending all the time listening to these, mm. these beautiful um, audio recordings. Mm. And, you know, more than ever, you know, before I knew her name, knew of the accomplishments, but now I feel like I've had... I've had the chance to spend so much time with her mm. that I miss her now. Mm. And she feels like my grandmother. And I, I really wish that I had the chance to meet her. Um, you know, I mean, it's just the reality of, of age difference. I, I was 14 years old when, when she passed away mm. in 1996. Right. Um, so there wasn't necessarily, you know, a reason why our paths would have crossed. Right. And yet, Ganawage is not a, a huge community, right? It's not that big of a community. I mean, it's it's big enough. I mean, I, there's you know roughly six thousand plus people living mm. in the community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. No. I understand. I get it. I get it. Uh, absolutely. Um, now, how did how did this story become of interest to you? When did you become aware of it, or or you know how did it how did it start to become a, of interest that you wanted to do something on this? I mean, Mary has just always been one of my heroes. I can't remember the first time that, that you know, I remember hearing her name. It just, it seems like she's always had a presence mm. um, because the fight for First Nations women's rights and sex, discrimi sex discrimination in the Indian Act has been ongoing, you know, for so, so long. Mm -hmm. And... In, in the news, her name is always attached to it as as being one of the one of the leaders in the movement and because she's from my community. So I I always knew her name <laughs> growing up. And to me, her work was is so important to me. Um, you know, I'm fortunate, you know, to be a filmmaker and I get to travel across the country. And no matter which community I go to, um, I always end up speaking with people and they share stories of how Mary's work have, has impacted them, how these laws have impacted them, how they have family members or friends who have been disconnected um, and forced to leave their communities because of these Canadian government laws in the Indian Act. So it's, it's felt and it's a lived ongoing experience that that trauma is is there and i just you know can't understand how you know the, the hardships of being disconnected from your community 
and then having to make those connections and relearn who you are and where you come from Mm -hmm. because the Canadian government tried to separate us. Right. Now, and and for people that aren't familiar with Mary 2X early, the whole the whole reason this became an issue was because Mary married a non-Indigenous man. Is that correct? Right. And that's when she, correct. And when she and married a non-Indigenous man, she lost her First Nation status under the Indian Act, which says if, if a woman married a non-Indigenous person, they lost that status. That, that is correct. The, the Canadian government decides, you know, who is Indian, because that's mm. the word that they use, yes. who is Indian under the Indian Act, so who has status, right. so who is officially recognized as First Nations, and that's the Canadian government that yeah. decides this. Yes. And it's rooted in, in sexist discrimination. Mm-hmm. Because the opposite is true, I believe, that if, a, if a, a, an Indigenous man were to marry a non-Indigenous woman, they would then gain status. Is that correct? Right. And so that, that no longer happens, but that was, that was the law. And so that's what Mary and all of these women were, were working towards to, to eliminate this. And the, the first step came in 1985 with Bill C-31. That was the first change, um, finally recognizing that, that there is this discrimination in the Indian Act against mm-hmm. First Nations women. Mm-hmm. So it would start, but it's, it's ongoing because there are still sexist determinations of who is Indian by Canada. This is controlled by mm. Canada, mm. they decide who's Indian and who isn't. Right. And it's it, it plays out today in people's lives because there's still thousands of First Nations women who are not recognized by the federal government. There ca- there's cases, many, many cases still in the courts. And the, the, recent, um, the recent national inquiry on missing murdered indigenous women and girls the report stated that sex discrimination is the root cause of missing and murdered Indigenous women, and that it's a genocidal act. But yet, it's ongoing. Yeah. Canada isn't properly acknowledging this. And that's why it's so important to have a movie like this on Mary 2X early to celebrate her, celebrate these accomplishments, and to understand the, the work that our, our women have put in and that they're continuing mm-hmm. to do. Yeah, true enough. And when you think about the amount of work that she had to do, it must have been uh, overwhelming at times. You probably, you know, getting to hear these reel-to-reel tapes, and I'm sure there was much that you couldn't share just because of the time frame, et cetera, et cetera. And it must have been tough to for you to, to sift through those and, and decide what to... Uh, include in the film and what the the you know the the story was that you you wanted to tell in in regard to that but go, let's speaking of the real to real how did you come across these when did you become aware that they existed yeah so basically the 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 thread that that holds this documentary together is Mary's own voice and mm. these audio recordings mm. And these audio recordings were done by filmmaker Alanis Obamswin. And, you know, she she has been making films on indigenous issues for over 
you know, 50 years in this country and has helped pave the way for so many, so many Indigenous filmmakers. And she was actually um, mentoring um, me and another filmmaker from Gunawage, Roxanne Whitebean. Uh, we were doing a short film called Flat Rocks that was about the St. Lawrence Seaway and the destruction on our Gunawage community. Mm. And that was in 2017. And in that process of, of mentoring us, she mentioned to me uh, one day that she had, um, you know, sat with Mary in her Gunawage home at the kitchen table for several months and, and did some audio recordings, just taped her speaking. And would I like to do anything with these recordings? Wow. <laughs> and of course, for me, I, I said, yes. And <laughs> because this issue is so important. So like I said, I, I come across so many people who are still healing from this. Mm. Uh, and I feel like as a whole, um, you know, Canada doesn't know that much about this history or thinks that it's in the past mm -hmm. and it isn't. Mm -hmm. So it's so important to bring Mary's story to the screen. And so I said, yes, immediately. And that's what started the process of, of making the film. Mary's a woman that I've always honored and admired. And now there's a chance to, to make the film because of these audio recordings. That must have been quite an honor for you to be offered those from Elanice and have the opportunity to gain access and listen to them. It also must have been quite a process to sit down and listen to them all. It, it was. It's, it's I, I, you know, I can't, I can't describe it. it. I always knew of Mary's name, you know, for, for what she did, but mm. but getting to sit down and listen to these audio recordings it's such a, a personal experience and i i just truly you know fell in love and connected with mary and and i say in the film that you know it, it feels like i'm listening to my grandmother and that's mm -hmm. how i feel about mary um by the time i got to the end of the tapes i you know it was so emotional <laughs> that that it was over and that I had this experience with her, um, but that this this was the end of the tapes. Mm. So I think that's what's really special about the film is that the audience gets to spend half an hour with Mary. She's inviting them, you know, into her home around the kitchen table to share her story in her own voice. And I think for a lot of people, it's also going to be a reconnection and a revisit for those that haven't heard her voice in so, so long. Mm. Has your community had the chance to see this film? They're going to be seeing it soon. So, <laughs> so far, everyone who has participated in the film has seen it. Yeah. And that's something that I think is so important right. uh, in documentary films is for the participants to see the film. I mean, it's their voice and it's their story that that is going out there. Um, so it's, it's important that, that they stand by what is in there. Um, mm. so they had that chance before the film was finished to see it mm -hmm. and the community as a whole, um, will be having its first screening this week. Nice. So I'm really, really excited about that. Yeah. Uh, again, it's, it's just so important for our communities to see the work that is being done about them. Um, before it goes out there 
in the world. So that to me is so important. Right. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That, of course, is 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa, or on the iHeartRadio app. And my guest here on Moment of Truth is Courtney Montour. We're talking to her about the film that she made, Mary Two Acts Early, I Am Indian Again. It is having its world premiere at the Hot Docs Film Festival. You can find out more by going to the Hot Docs Film Festival website and uh, find out about uh, getting tickets towards that. And I want to let you know, though, that uh, before... May 6th, if you're interested, um, or on May 6th, you can also go to a free virtual seminar that's going to be happening and a Q&A with uh, Courtney Montour as well as Dr. Pamela Palmer, uh, the Mega Mao lawyer and professor uh, who is very outspoken and uh, also is, is going to be wonderful to hear from uh, if you go to this Q&A seminar that's going to take place in and around the film that we are talking about, Mary Two Acts Early, who was instrumental in getting changes to the Indian Act for uh, First Nations women's rights. And so it's a pleasure to have Courtney on the show talking about this. Courtney, I wanted to ask you also, you mentioned your your mentoring with uh, Elanisa Bomswin, and that must have been quite something in itself. What, what, a, what, a, great, uh, what a great opportunity. Yes, yeah, I mean, that's, Alanis is, is always uh, so dedicated to, to the filmmaking community, mm. and it's it's so appreciated. And with this film as well, um, you know, since, since she gifted me with these recordings, um, it was important for me to, to include her in the whole process. She mm-hmm. was always invited to, to every part of the process from mm. coming um, when we were filming to when we we're in the edit. Um, so I think that that was great to, mm-hmm. to have her be there supporting the project all along the way. Right. One of the things we see in the film when Mary is talking about this process, and like we said off the top, it, it was uh, 20 years more, and you're saying now that there are still struggles that, that are going on within the, the, of course, the Indian Act and, and also with the changes that need to happen for uh, Indigenous and First Nations women. But Mary talks about the struggles that she is facing and that that brought up for her. And one of the things she talks about is is the struggle within even her own community, Kanawage at the time, and the men in the community. What do you think was the issue and the reason why beca- behind why the men in the community were throwing up obstacles for her? I mean, again, I think it's all rooted in the Indian Act. I mean, here is something the Canadian government created to control us and it's an oppressive law that we've been under for you know over a hundred years and and that affects our communities and and those those ideas come into our communities as well so i think that that plays that plays a big role in it that i think people were worried maybe about what what Mary's work uh, might do in terms of retaliation from Canada. Mm. I hear, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Uh, in other words, there could be potential backlash if they were to support her. The other thing, I guess, is is that we, we get to see is one of the other founding members of this women's organization that Mary Two Axe Early was part of in the film. And we get to see her... Um, 
in a couple of situations, listening back to Mary's words. But I guess the other sad part about that is that she passes away uh, prior to this film being completed. Yes. So what was really important to me was um, to make sure the, the film comes into the present day. For audiences who know nothing about the film, mm. um, I didn't want them to think, oh, you know, Mary did this great work and it's fixed. Right. It's, it's not. Right. It's ongoing. And so part of that was speaking with with a few people today, and and one of one of those people was Nellie Carlson, mm-hmm. uh, and she she's a Cree woman from was who was living in the Edmonton area, and she is one of the the co-founders of Indian Rights for Indian Women. So this kind of movement that Mary and these other women you know started, um, and to hear Nellie you know reflecting on on the struggles that they went through and and on Mary's work, it was so important to include her voice. She was 90 years old at the time when when I filmed with her in 2017. Mm. And at that time, I was doing research in Edmonton. Mm. And we, so at that point, we weren't even sure if, you know, if we were going to have funding to, to make a movie. Right. These were the first steps. Sure. But, I had reached out and I spent several months speaking with Nellie and her family. And, you know, I, I just mentioned to the National Film Board that, you know, we, when we go out to Edmonton, I, I need to spend time and, and film with her now. Mm. Uh, we can't wait around until, you know, we're ready to make the film. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she may not be there at that time. Yeah. So fortunately, I was able to sit down with her and have a conversation. And, you know, we get to see Nellie, we get to hear her voice. And she's sharing, you know, such an incredible personal story mm. and and history. And she unfortunately passed on um, this past September. And I just keep thinking, it's so grateful to have her be a part of this film. And that that knowledge carries on because if we wait too long to sit with our elders that that history passes on with them right and and sadly we also see her son is in the film uh he's in that uh, the same room around the kitchen table that you were you're sitting there talking and, and interviewing and he's part of this and unfortunately we also lose him and that was earlier this year correct yes yes it was and again i just you know, I just keep thinking back about the timing of making this film and, and how we were all able to gather together for it. Mm-hmm. And it was important for me to return to to Mary's home in Gunawage, where her, her daughter now lives, to, to gather around that kitchen table and to listen to those audio recordings mm-hmm. together. <laughs> I mean, it, it's that home is where this this work started. Um, right around the you know the kitchen table, this this grassroots work, and and I I invited Ed to right. act early, her son to come join me, and I also invited um, Jody Callahoo Stonehouse and her daughter Isabella, who both live in Edmonton, mm. and they're two people who have been impacted by Mary's work, but didn't know about Mary, don't necessarily know the history. Mm. And I think that's that's common because there's these archives and this information isn't out there. So it was gathering with several generations to really see how this impacts us and plays out today. And to have Ed 
be a part of that conversation and to be able to, you know, talk about his mother and, and he shared, you know, so many of the same um, outlooks as his mom. And it, so it was beautiful to have him there. But unfortunately, again, yes, he, he passed away this, this year. So it's, it's just really special to have, have these voices yeah. be a part of the film. Yes, absolutely. It, it, it sounds like a, a very beautiful moment when you were sitting around listening to Mary's words uh, coming out of the room uh, where she sat around and voiced them originally in her home with her family members uh, with you there. And, and a nice way to, like I say, to honor her. Speaking of honoring her legacy, and, and certainly sounds like you want to do that with her, how do you think that is something that should happen for Mary to be honored? I mean, I think this this film is playing a big role in that mm -hmm. since it is the first film. Um, it, it took four years to make the film because there is so few archives out there mm. on Mary, on mm. Indian rights for Indian women, on the larger <laughs> women's movements that, mm. that worked on this. Right. And it's it's really sad to see that this perhaps wasn't important. Um to Canada to to keep, since they were so well, um, it was so well documented in the 20 plus years that they were, you know, fighting on this. So I think the film is, is one big step to help in honoring Mary, um, for this film to be seen by our First Nations communities, so they have a better understanding of, of the history and where this started from, and to celebrate our First Nations women's accomplishments. Mm. Because it doesn't happen often enough. So I think that's that's the honoring that can come from this and that for the general Canadian public to realize that this is ongoing. It's mm. not something of the past. Right. And now you know her name, Mary Tuax Early, hmm. and to go forward with that. Right. I, I keep thinking of... Uh if it's appropriate to say a statue or something that would honor her in her community, a plaque or something that would be appropriate for the community to have uh, and that would live on for her. Have you given that any kind of thought at all? I mean, I, I have thought of different ways. Um, I haven't come to you know a conclusion yet, but of mm. course it would be wonderful if there's more public uh honorings and mm. tangible displays. Yeah. I mean, Mary, Mary to X early was nominated for the, the $10 bill. Um, <laughs> her name was shortlisted as well in Montreal when they were renaming one of the streets here. So she, you know, she is known in certain circles. We just need to get her name out there more yes. because she is such an important part of Canadian history. She took on this country and she impacted the overall women's rights movement. And that's something that I learned while making this film. There's been so many women across the country who reached out to me, uh, non-Indigenous women who worked alongside her over the years. And that's the one thing they say, how important she was in the overall women's rights movement. Mm -hmm. And that's something I didn't know. And that's amazing that it's a Mohawk woman a woman from Ganawage. It's a First Nations woman. Yes. And, you know, speaking of that, taking on the country, we do get to see uh, just to what level that this 
this was reaching because in some of the footage, we see her sitting around with government officials and the prime minister at the time was there and a number, I guess, the, the, the minister of Indian affairs and, and a number of other people. So they were in the room and many of them were key figures that went on to uh, to become either other other members of parliament and ministers and or uh, future prime ministers. That's right. That's right. I mean, again, the movie takes you through kind of this this grassroots organizing around the kitchen table, but also to see that that's it. Mary was in, you know, she was in parliament. She was in Ottawa all the time. She was on the same level um, meeting with and working with Canadian politicians Mm -hmm. and but but if when you see the movie and you see her and you know she really just feels like she could be your grandmother (laughs) Um, you know she was very persistent and patient but always true to herself just just very loving and compassionate in the way that she led and that that patience of having to work on this for over 20 years and to keep going to Ottawa and to to speak to all these politicians. I mean, I hear the story. There's so many stories that I've heard that, you know, all these politicians just, you know, knew her by first name. Right. You know, it, it's really, uh, it is quite something when you describe her as your, you know, could be your grandmother. And that was the one thing I, I also that came across to me watching the film was that she always, also, she, she always spoke very respectfully and very uh, kindly, like you said, not aggressive, mm-hmm. um, and and approach these things w- without you know the heavy-handed pounding tables or anything like that. It was very gentle in in the way she she did uh, try to get the, her points across. I think the one thing that did stand out to me that that sounded a little bit aggressive to me was when she was being interviewed on the tapes, and she said to she said, you know, even even. Um, we can't even be buried in our own community. And yet just up the street, there is a graveyard for dogs, non-Indigenous dogs, and they get to be buried there. We don't, we don't, even, we don't even count as much as dogs. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very emotional moment that that's what she says, mm-hmm. you know, we're lower than a dog. Right. And that's, you know, that's the way First Nations women, you know, have been seen by Canada or, Mm. or how, how that's how these laws impact us, that we don't have equal rights. Mm -hmm. And, and that story is one that she told time and time again over the years, because Mm. it was just so emblematic. Yeah it left a lasting impression in people's minds when she was talking about these injustices. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Wonderful speaking with you, Courtney, uh, and Chimi Gwetchinyawgo for bringing this film forward, and we wish you all the best of it, and we certainly hope that it has great exposure at the Hot Docs uh, uh, Film Festival. Up until May 9th, people can go on the website, uh, Hot Docs, to find out more about how they can see the film. We want to mention again on May uh, 6th that, that you're going to have this uh, Q&A, a virtual Q&A, uh, with yourself as well as Dr. Pamela Palmiter, and uh, that's going to be at 5 o'clock. And is that going to be through the uh, Hot Docs website? Uh, yes, so you can register for free on the Hot Docs website mm-hmm. if you just type in 
married to X early. I am Indian again. It mm -hmm. takes you to the page where you can buy tickets and right at the bottom, you can RSVP for this free Q&A and you don't need any ticket to RSVP. And yep, that's Friday, May 6th, 5 p.m. Eastern. And one more thing before you go, and that is uh, once this has completed its run at Hot Docs, what are you hoping and where are you hoping that, to get this film so that it can get more exposure? I mean, for me, everywhere. I mean, it's so important for this to be seen uh, on a community level, you know, indige indigenous communities and non-indigenous communities. So that that really is the next plan of how how do we get this film out? How do we make it accessible mm. to communities? And uh, so that's what we'll be working on. And community screenings will begin in December of this year. Cool. That sounds great. Uh, Courtney, again, really appreciate you taking the time to join us and talk to us about this very important film that you have had a hand in and making. And, and wow, uh, it, it's a great story that everyone, like you say, everyone should see. Uh, Mary Two X Early, I Am Indian Again. And it is on at and having its world premiere at the Hot Docs Film Festival up until May 9th. So it's on now. Please go check it out on the Hot Docs website. Get yourself a ticket. Also, try and get into this free live virtual seminar that's going to take place with a Q&A with filmmaker Courtney Montour, as well as her special guest, Dr. Pamela Palmiter. And that is a Mi'kmaq lawyer and professor. And that will be, uh, I'm sure, a conversation worth seeing and listening to with Pamela on there. And that... Uh, Again, is Mary Two Acts Early, I Am Indian Again is the name of the film. Courtney, you know, go out for taking part in our show, and we wish you all the best in the future. Yeah, David. All right, take care. Ona. Ona. Filmmaker Courtney Montour has been my guest here on the show. We've been talking to her about her film, Mary Two Acts Early, I Am Indian Again. It is on at the Hot Docs Film Festival, having its world premiere. Check it out online. I'm your host, David Moses. Thank you for listening to Moment of Truth each and every day right here on Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa, 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. And we'll see you again tomorrow. <laughs>